This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Clay Cockrell. Get excited, because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change, big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategy, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in today's episode, we continue to part two of our conversation with Clay Cockrell. Now, if you did not listen to part one, or if you didn't watch part one, I highly recommend that you do that before listening to this one so you can get all the context. Um, This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful continuation of that conversation. We talk uh, about how to find a therapist, the process behind it, which platforms you can use. We talk about the importance of mental health and the importance of therapy in our day-to-day lives, and we dive a little bit deeper into Clay's wisdom and knowledge on these topics. So this is going to be a good one. Again, if you haven't listened to part one, I recommend that you do and then come back to this. Uh, And as always, be sure to share this with someone who you think could benefit from it. Now, before we jump into the conversation, let's look at today's sponsor. Here's a fun fact. Lion's mane mushrooms have long been used by Buddhist monks to help with focus during meditation. Well, the team over at Four Sigmatic had the brilliant idea to take these mushrooms and combine them with 100% organic Arabica coffee beans. It has zero sugar, zero carbs, and zero calories. It's organic, vegan, paleo, sugar-free, and dairy-free. And the absolute best part, it leaves you feeling awesome. Seriously, I've had this coffee uh, basically every day since I've gotten it. It's become a critical part of my afternoon coffee routine. And it leaves you feeling natural. There's this like buzz that comes from it that doesn't feel like it's it's overbearing or too much the way that regular coffee does. It's just this like natural focused in control energy. And it even comes in these really easy to use packets that you can bring with you anywhere. Just heat up some water, rip open a packet, pour, mix, and you're good to go. Now, of course, we have a special offer just for Tiny Leaps Big Changes listeners. Receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic order. Just head over to foursigmatic.com slash tiny leaps or enter the code tiny leaps at checkout. That's Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com. Forsigmatic.com slash tiny leaps to receive 15% off your order. So let's let's pivot here a, a little bit. So you founded something called Walk and Talk Therapy. Could you tell us a little bit about what this is and where the idea came from? Yeah. Um, when I first moved to, I'm originally from Kentucky. And mm-hmm. when I first moved to New York, I started a traditional practice and, um, I had this client on Wall Street that he was having the hardest time. You know, those bankers, they are super stressed and uh, they don't have a lot of time. But he was 
taking off work, taking a 30-minute subway ride to my office in Midtown, doing a 50-minute session, and then another 30-minute commute. It was just too much. So he was canceling yeah. all the time, wasn't able to do it. I was talking about this to my wife, and she said, um, well, why don't you just go to him? And I tried to mansplain a little bit of, okay, <laughs> <laughs> just, that's not how it works. You can't do that. And, and the more I tried to explain it, the more I realized I couldn't really explain it. Um, there really wasn't a reason. I mean, it's New York. Nobody's paying attention to anybody else. We could actually have a session down near the battery, down near Wall Street, uh, outside. So I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's try this. I offered it to him. He jumped at the chance. Hmm. And um, I just noticed that he started making progress in his therapy that he had not been able to do for the longest time. Um, there's something about, um, I think better on my feet. I, you're moving your body. You are um, you're doing something, not just sitting in your own issue. Mm -hmm. And he just started thinking um, uh, more clearly and began to think outside the box. And so I started offering it to a few other clients and it just took off like gangbusters because nobody else was doing this. And it was this novel thing and I got some media attention and, and it just, it took off. But um, now there are therapists uh, across the country who are offering you know, walk and talk counseling and I'm a huge, huge believer in it. I, I, I love it. What would you say the, um, what is the connection between uh, sort of the physical and and going through sort of that that mental uh, emotional process? Is there some benefit as far as like the dopamine release or like what is actually making it more valuable? Ah, you're gonna get me going here. Um, uh, there's <laughs> Please, there's so much. <laughs> there's so much. Uh, one is you're you're standing upright. You know, mm. so you're, 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 you're breathing a little deep. This is not a cardio workout. This is just a, a casual stroll ride, mm. right? but you're breathing a little deeper and, and your body is aligned. The second thing is eye contact. You don't have uh. a lot of eye contact, right? And sometimes it's hard to sit across from a person, look in the eye and tell them your, your deepest, darkest secrets or the things you're struggling with your wife or your husband about. Here, you're looking straight ahead, which they're kind of, it kind of opens up the mind to think about other things. Um, you know, you're casually glancing to the side, but you're, you're not making that, that difficult eye contact, which can be intimidating. Uh, it's a casual approach. You know, you're not necessarily going to the doctor. Don't, don't, right. don't. You're, you're out in the park, you're, you're walking. Um, and also as a therapist, I'm able to build rapport because when we build rapport with another person, we're maybe even unconsciously mimicking some of their actions. Mm -hmm. And when you are, you fall into a rhythm of walking and matching their gait, it just creates this, this lovely rapport. We're in this together. I've got a partner in this. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of dynamic there that's happening versus I explained this to, to somebody the other day. I said, you know, there, there are shower people and bath people mm -hmm. and, and I don't get the bath people just personally because you're just sitting in your own filth <laughs> i don't get that <laughs> and and i think of that in 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 these sitting down face-to-face -face office you're just kind of sitting in your own muck um hmm. versus you know you're standing up and you're moving forward right so. there's almost like a um uh you're walking away from it sort of yeah. leaving, leaving everything behind you kind of uh, deal going on absolutely and walking too 
a new life where maybe you're you're past some of the uh, trauma or, or difficulty that you're struggling with. Interesting. Um, would you would you think that, or maybe you've tried it? Uh, let's say that you have a therapist who does not have sort of a walk and talk practice. Would you say that physical activity, whether a walk or something more rigorous prior to your session, would have similar effects or uh, not so much? That's interesting. It could. You know, your heart rate's up a little bit. Your, um, I mean, the, the research is super clear about the benefits of, of exercise right. and, and good mental health. That's just, that's clear. So absolutely, uh, it, could, it could help. And, and I always say, whether it's a sit-down, online, or walk-and-talk session, after your session, you need to go sit and be alone with, mm. uh, with your phone, with a piece of paper, with a journal, and write down some of the things that you're feeling, that you're thinking about, some of those aha moments that happened in the session. Um, so it's, it's like this process of before, you need to get in the right mindset, and whatever's mm. going to do that for you. Uh, but after, you need a little uh, debrief and to kind of let some of these things settle. Right. And, you know, I would, I would say if you've got a therapist and he's not offering uh, or she is not offering some of this, bring it up to them. They may not be aware that this is even an option. And there's a lot of resources, some, some Facebook groups out there now of therapists who are transitioning and offering some of these non-traditional approaches uh, like, uh, like walking with their clients. And so they, they, as a therapist, can get some support on how to uh, begin adding this to their practice. You might actually be you know, opening their eyes to something. Yeah, that that's super interesting. What um, you so you mentioned this time after your session uh, to sort of sit down and write things out. What would you say is the role of reflection on a day to day basis? Whether uh, whether or not you've had a session, just sort of journaling or even just sort of thinking through what went down that day at the end of your day. Ah, that's that's it. That's everything. And, and, and the phrase that I use, it seems like a hundred times a day, is you want to be in the driver's seat of your life. Mm. You don't want to be on autopilot. And too many of us, when we don't do that reflection, we're just on autopilot. We get up, we make the coffee, we make the donuts, we go to work, whatever. And it's this, uh, this process of we're on autopilot and we're not mm-hmm. living our life. We're just kind of surviving it. And sitting down and having a moment to reflect especially now, and, and I'm working with a lot of, of, of couples who are stuck at home during the quarantine, mm-hmm. and um, I say every night you should sit down and just do a five-minute debrief. How'd we do today? What worked well? And what, where are we struggling? That, you know, mm-hmm. hey, I need to see your face a little less, <laughs> or I need <laughs> to see your face a little more, right. or, you know, I spent too much time on YouTube and didn't get enough done. So then you plan and say, well, tomorrow we're going to change it and do this different approach. But if, if you don't have that little debrief, that little reflection, you're not going to know. And some people will sit and, and, and use a journal, which I think is amazing. Some people like to, to write it out mm-hmm. or just kind of sit with yourself and, and check in. And, and this mentality of get in the driver's seat of your life, not on in the, uh, in the passenger seat and on autopilot. Absolutely love that that um, way of explaining it. So as we begin to wrap up here, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, is 
the first thing that sort of struck me about counseling and therapy when I uh, first started taking it years ago is that it's fundamentally a practice of asking good questions and being a good listener. Would you say that that's accurate? Absolutely. Yes. So what, as a, a practitioner yourself, what would you say asking good questions has done for you in your personal life? Like how has that skill transferred? It is a good question is a non yes or no question. Hmm. You know, did you have a good day? Yes. We're, we've come to the end of our discussion. Right. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> uh, but tell me about your day is a whole different ball. Game. Ah. So kind of aiming toward conversation versus um, versus answers. My, my wife is a theater director. And when she's choosing a script and when she's working with actors who are working on a character, she wants something that is, um, you're not giving me the answers. You're asking great questions. You're going deeper. You're exploring it. But, um, you know, actors, they just want to go, oh, I'm going to play it this way. And they give the answer mm. of the character or the problem or whatever it is. Like, no, I, I want to be engaged. I want to sit in the problem and sit in the question longer and not jump to the the answer so what um do you find yourself uh sort of in your own internal thoughts uh asking yourself open-ended questions as you go throughout your day or in your reflection yes and i you know need to do that more i think right because <laughs> so, you know i'm just like everybody else i'm jumping to what do i need to do for the next client or mm -hmm. uh, what's the next podcast episode or whatever um but I try to sit down and and take that mood temperature. How am I feeling? Uh, what went well? Um, I'm feeling off. Why? And, and that why answer may not come, but as long as I kind of sit there and kind of get to know the emotion a little mm -hmm. longer. Um, so, yeah, I, I try. <laughs> yeah. The idea of, of uh, your mood temperature is something really interesting to me. Because for a very long time, uh, and this was actually the main reason I started uh, going to therapy years ago, uh, I had no connection to my moods at all. I, I completely did not understand how to process uh, what I was feeling. Um, I was I often joke, but it's actually very serious that for many years, I felt and had anxiety, but did not know that that's what that was. Right. Um, and then that largely came from in my household growing up, emotions weren't a thing we talked about. And it wasn't mm -hmm. a thing we felt it was just sort of listen to what your parents said. And that's the end of it. Um, how can somebody who maybe is in a similar situation or maybe less uh, less extreme of one start to develop their their question asking skills or whatever it might need to be in order to better take their own mood temperature? Ah, excellent. Um, so I'll tell this brief little story is that, that sometimes when I work with somebody that is dealing with uh, with food issues, with eating issues. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I say, you know, when hunger comes to you. Generally, the idea is, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, my God, I got to get something to eat. And I'm going, okay, that's fine. But let's just take a breath and feel the hunger. Just kind of get to know it. It's, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little crampy. But it's not intolerable. It's not something you've mm -hmm. got to run away from. Let's just kind of get to know it. So now take that kind of concept and apply it to 
what your inner world may be feeling. And so you, let's say anxiety, for example, I ask people to use your imagination. Where is the anxiety located in your body? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, you know, for me, it's in my chest. Some people it's, it's behind their eyes. Just kind of get creative and go, if it were, if I could say it lived somewhere, this is where it's located. Okay. Now give it a color. Is it orange and kind of angry and intense, or is it this nebulous gray, blue, whatever? If, if it were to have a color, give it a texture. Is it slimy? Is it scratchy? Is it spiky? So what you're doing is you're using your senses to try to come to terms and get to know this feeling. Um, because, you know, when you can be a little creative, think outside the box, just like you get to know this, this thing and, and what is it trying to tell you? Um, and then you can begin to communicate with it and go, you know, all right, you're this slimy orange thing that lives behind my eyes. And, and, and what kind of word would I describe it? Is it, is it frustration? Is it anxiety? Is it anger? Um, because I, again, words are important. And too many times we, we, we deal with the surface of emotions, which are the mad, sad, or glad. Mm-hmm. That's the top level. But when you take, let's say, the sad one and you drill down, it's really hurt and rejection and loneliness. And you see how those words are much more nuanced and much more descriptive. And then we can, we can deal with it. Yeah. Um, but too many times, like the person with hunger, ah, bad feeling, got to run away, got to do something else. Don't think about it. And, and that's when we kind of get in trouble. It's a really, really great way of thinking about it. Um, Clay, where can people connect with you and what should they do to sort of move uh, further into your world? Um, I got a lot of things live uh, at the online counseling directory. So it's onlinecounseling.com. Uh, my email is clay at onlinecounseling.com. We've got two different podcasts there. One is for um, the general public on a step-by-step process of how to find a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we've got a podcast for therapists on, on how to do online counseling. Um, so Finding Therapy is the podcast on how to find a therapist, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, then at the directory, you know, you can go and poke around and, and see if there's somebody there that uh, maybe you, you could reach out and see if there's a connection. So onlinecounseling.com. And if you are looking for a therapist at the moment, uh, check out the podcast, Finding Therapy. Uh, Clay, I've got five uh, tiny questions for you. But before that, I just want to say thank you for sharing your experience and, and wisdom with us today. It's, it's been massively helpful. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Beautiful. So question number one is, do you prefer pencils or pens as your writing utensil? Pens. Pens. That is the second person and you're both wrong. I don't understand <laughs> it. Um, okay. <laughs> what is your number one recommended book? Oh, A Prayer for Owen Meany. Oh, I haven't John, heard of that. John Irving. I just, it just gets me every time. Love that book. Prayer, a prayer for Owen Meany. Owen Meany. I will link that up in the description. Um, now, was that uh, nonfiction or fiction? It's fiction. Okay. Do you have a uh, recommended nonfiction as well? 
um, I am currently reading and I am in love with this is rethinking positive thinking. Hmm. And um, it's, it's, you know, we're all think positive, think positive. And in reality, eh, we need to, to, to tamper that down and, and think realistically as well. Hmm. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really good approach. Uh, so I will link that up as well. What does your morning routine look like? Uh, I'm up and I used to go to the gym. But mm-hmm. now I found this online workout that is just amazing. So I feel like I'm even more fit than I was by going to the gym because I'm having to follow along with these these crazy people. Online. <laughs> uh, I have coffee and I come down and I start seeing clients. Nice. And then finally, what or who are you most grateful for right now? Mm, my wife. Mm. You know, when you find that soulmate, that connection that challenges you, that continues to surprise you after you know, what, 25, 30 years now. <laughs> um, and just is, you know, every day is a surprise and every day is, is a, a joy. So my wife. Love that. Clay, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. That's it for my conversation with Clay Cockrell. Again, I just want to say thank you to Clay for being a part of the show and teaching us everything you know about finding a therapist. If you want to go deeper with Clay, if you want to connect with him, I recommend you head over to onlinecounseling.com or listen to the podcast, Finding Therapy. He is such a phenomenal resource for helping us navigate the world of therapy, helping us navigate our own mental health. And he is a practicing therapist himself. So he has uh, had to go through this from the other side over a thousand times in the last 25 years. Again, thank you so much to Clay. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Be sure to check out his podcast at Finding Therapy. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.